Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I give honor to the Lord on today. Amen. I give honor to my beloved wife. to the word, I mean, I just encourage you, amen, to participate, Lord. Amen. I encourage you not to be superstitious. I continue to stress that what you have been doing has not been working anyway, so why not taste and see that the Lord is good, amen. And I just stand to say I know too much about him, amen. I remember as I'm standing here, I remember when I used to think that you don't have to do all of that, amen, or, or where has God been, or all of them thoughts, amen. Yes, yes. Amen, glory. Amen. 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 But he's real on today. There's no doubt in my mind, glory, if you think that he's not, amen, that we can have a conversation. But he's real. He's real on today. And I just thank God for this series. I thank God for this church. Amen. But most importantly, I thank God for his word. I praise him for the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just I just thank him for how, amen, that, you know, all of the things in this world that is that is wrong, amen. You might be thinking, well, why does not God, why, why won't God stop it, right? Why won't he stop marriages from falling apart? Why, why won't he stop babies from dying? Why won't he stop coronavirus, right? All of these things. But the point of the matter is, glory, that we were not intended to stay here always. There is a life past this life. And the pain and the suffering in this life is temporary. Glory. But there is an everlasting place. There is an eternal resting place for us. And you might be thinking, well, Pastor, that's just not good enough for me. And like I say, we can have a conversation about that. Amen. We can have a conversation about that. But he is just so good. Amen. And I know too much about him. I know too much about him to doubt him on today. Amen. And so for my subject today, God has given me the title Everlasting. And we are in our series on inheritance. And so for our visitors or those who have not been here, amen, God has had us on a series and he's teaching us the benefits of of serving or being a child of God versus being in the world. And if you don't know anything about this church, we don't we we we're not a judgy church, amen. So if you come back, you'll hear all all types of stories uh, about what God has done in the lives of the people in this church, from delivering us from smoking, drinking, whoremongering, whatever. Amen. We still know people to this day, right? Still know people to this day who are buying. It doesn't matter. Got homosexual friends, people we like. It does. That doesn't matter. But what God wants to do, right? Amen. Right. So on today, God has just been, or, or, or this series rather, God has just been talking about, amen, the benefits of being a child of God. Yes, yes, yes. And he's been showing us why a lot of people in this world don't see the benefit of, seeing, of, of serving Jesus because when they look at Christians, they don't see anything different from what they see on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Amen. So I just thank God for teaching us you know, what it means to truly serve him and all of the benefits that come from being connected to him. Amen. And so on this Sunday, God has given me the title Everlasting. 
Amen. And so throughout the week, the thing that has been coming to my mind and, and, and I have found myself and I even found uh, I even noticed that my wife included it in her prayer last night as we prayed. But just God being this whale, right? God just being this 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 whale that we can continue to reach down into and get what we need. Right. And it never runs dry. No matter the situation, there's always some life in there that we can reach down to and pull out. Mm-hmm. Amen. And whether it's your children, whether you got somebody in the hospital, right? Whether you have lost somebody and you're grieving, whether you're going through something in your marriage, like whatever, whether you're going through something on your job or financial burden, God is this whale that you can reach down to and pull out some strength. Right? And that's a benefit. That's a benefit to be able to have a place that you can go to and get what you need mm-hmm. at all times. And it never runs dry. Mm-hmm. He always answers the phone. Yes. He always wakes up, right? Because mm-hmm. number one, he's never asleep, right? Mm-hmm. So you can always, he's always available. He always has time for you. He's he's always there, and that's all of those things about God, all of those traits and those characteristics about God, they're everlasting. His grace is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. His love is everlasting. His peace is everlasting. All of it is everlasting. And so today I want to talk about what whales represent in the Bible, right? I want to talk about what whales represent in the Bible. And the first thing is, I want you to know, like, not I don't, I, I don't, I don't want you to say, well, God has a whale. I want you to know that God is a whale. Amen. God is a whale. God is a whale, and 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 He is a deep and endless whale. He is a deep and endless supply. And so, as I go through this sermon, I, I want you to. I, I'm just very quickly going to go over a couple of things. That whales represent in the Bible. And whales represent supply and provision. Right? That's the first thing. So God is an endless supply. He's an endless provider. Mm -hmm. Whales represent encounters with God. God is always available. He always wants you to have an encounter with him. He always wants to meet you where you are. He's always searching and looking and trying to find you so that you can have an encounter with him. And that's why I, and that's why I keep stressing what you have been doing have been working anyway. Why not try an encounter with God? Why not try an encounter with God? And don't be concerned about what my encounter looks like. Just open yourself up to have your own encounter with him. Just open your and I guarantee that he will meet you where you are. He'll meet you where you, where you are and, and he'll have what you need. God God is a well of salvation. Right? You can be lost. You can be uh, you, you can be down to your to your last little bit of strength. And God is a well of salvation. He is constantly trying to save us. He's constantly trying to pull us out of our mess. Amen. And a lot of times the reason that we aren't saved is because we don't want to be saved. Mm. A lot of times the reason that we aren't saved is because we don't want to be saved. Right? 
When a lot of times when ministers or preachers or whatever talk about sin, they try to make it seem so bad, right? But when you out there in sin, it sin feel good. Right? Right? And that's why it's not easy to walk away from. That's why it's not easy to walk away from. So a lot of times we don't get delivered from it because we don't want to get delivered from it. We actually like how it feels. The part that we don't like is the consequences of it. Amen. But God is a well of salvation. Right? His love, the Bible tells us that his love can cover a multitude of sins. Multitude is plural. That means whatever you've done, times whatever you've done, his love can cover that. Yes, Lord. Right? Wells. Uh, Wells in our lives can be passed down from generations. Mm -hmm. Right? So God, the same God from way back then is the same God now. Wells represent the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Wells are symbolic of our hearts. Wells are places of divine appointments. We just learned in, in, in Bible study, we just talked about for such a time as this. You being here today is not by accident. Right? You being here today is not by accident. God has just brought you to a well on today. He just brought you to a place of provision. He just brought you to a place of salvation. He just brought you to a place uh, uh, to have an encounter with him. He just brought you to a place to talk to your heart. This is a place of divine appointment, right? God, wells are places where God invites us. He say, let's go to work. Mm -hmm. He just brought you to a place to do a work in your life. He just say, I'm here. I'm available. I'm, I'm ready to go to work with you. Amen. I'm ready to go to work with you. And so I'm going to talk about two, two stories on today that involve wells. And the first one is in Genesis 26. And I've also included some other scriptures uh, for you to read to give you some background because I'm kind of starting, not starting at the beginning of the story or the end of the story. I'm starting in the middle of the story because I think that this is one that is not often told. Mm -hmm. So if you know anything about the, 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 the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm -hmm. you know, that's a father, a son, and a grandson. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we talk about Abraham or we talk about Jacob. Very rarely do we talk about Isaac. Right? There's not a lot. There's, there's only one chapter or two chapters that involve him. Right? So today I want to talk about Isaac. Amen. Right? And in Genesis 26, it says that there was another famine in the land besides the earlier one during the time of Abraham. Isaac went to Amalek, king of the Philistines, at Gihon. And the Lord had appeared to Isaac and had said, Do not go to Egypt. Stay in this land where I tell you to stay. You may be seated. So there was a famine in the land. Right? And famines were not uncommon when you live in the desert. Right? And so I need that's the first thing that I need y'all to know. That when you live in the desert, when you are down here, there are going to be famines in your life. That's not going to be uncommon for you to go through a period where you feel like you don't have what you need. That's not going to be uncommon. Right? But God being God, 
gives instructions and he says, right, don't go to Egypt. Our first thing that we that we want to do when we get in a dry spot, yeah. we want to run to Amen. the world. We want to run to Egypt yeah. where we think, well, you know, we out here in the desert. We out here in the country. Let's run to the city, right? Let's run to Egypt. Let's run to the world. It'll have what I, what I need. It'll make me feel better, right? And that's what we do, and that's why God keeps saying, "Well, what you what you've been doing has been working. Why not try Jesus? Why not taste and see that the Lord is good?" So God, being God, tells Isaac, "Don't go to Egypt. Stay right here. Stay right here in the land, in this land, where I tell you to stay. Right." Sometimes we think we got to go somewhere else, but God is like, I'm no, you ain't got to go nowhere. I will meet you where you are. Right? And it's a whole bunch of stories in the Bible. It's a whole bunch of stories in the Bible about wells, right? Hey, God, right? Ran out in the desert. If y'all know the story, go read the story. Hey, she ran out in the desert, and what did God do? He met her at a well. He met her where she was. And that's what God is saying. You don't have to. Sometimes we think that we have to run. We got to run to go get something else. When God says, stay right here, I'll meet you where you are. In the third verse, he says, live here. And I will be with you and bless you. And I'm going to give you all this territory to you and your descendants. I will keep the promise I made to your father, Abraham. I will give you as many descendants as they are stars in the sky. And I will give them all this territory. All the nations will ask me to bless them as I have blessed your descendants. I will bless you because Abraham obeyed me and kept all my laws and commandments. So Isaac obeyed. Right? So Isaac obeyed. And the thing is, and the reason I wanted to start in the middle, and I wanted y'all to hear the promise that God made to Isaac, is because wells are from generation to generation. Right? God made Abraham a promise that I'm going to make your descendants flourish. Isaac should have known that. Isaac should have known that, well, God not going to break his promise to my father. I'm going to be all right. It's the same thing we learned in Joshua. God tells us in the beginning that victory is ours. And that's why I say a lot of times we don't have victory. A lot of times we're not delivered. A lot of times we're not saved. A lot of times we don't have provision. It's because we don't want it. We don't want it. We want it to look like something else. We get in our own way. We start making our own rules. We're too prideful. We won't let God meet us where we are, right? We won't reach down or dig down. So God, basically, God being God, say don't go to Egypt. Then he reminds Isaac of the promise that he made to his father. He say, I'm the same God that your father trusted. Didn't I take care of him? Right? Didn't I rescue him? Didn't I rescue Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah? Like, haven't I been good to your family? Right? He reminds him, you don't have, you don't have to go out there. You don't have to do that. Stay right here. He reminds him. And then in the seventh verse, Isaac still doesn't trust him. He still doesn't trust him. The word says when the men there, so Isaac stays in this, he stays in this dry spot. He stays in this famine, right? 
He says, I'm, okay, God, I'm going to obey you. How many times do we say, God, I'm, I'm going to obey you, and then turn around and, and, and put our hand back on you? Mm-hmm. Why? God, I'm going to trust you, but then we turn around and put our hand back on So the word says when the men there asked about his wife, he said that she was his sister. He would not admit that she was his wife because he was afraid. And that the men there would kill him to get to Rebecca, who was very beautiful. Right? And the thing about this, you got to know the stories before that. His father told the same lie two times before. Right? His father told the same lie. He lied and said that his wife was his sister. Right? So this is a generational thing. But God being God, even though Abraham lied twice, God still had made a promise to him that he kept. And Isaac goes about telling the same lie. And the point that I'm trying to make to you is that God is faithful. We keep making the same mistakes over and over again. We keep making the same mistakes that our mama made, that our auntie made, that our sister made. And God is still saying, I'm still a I'm still, I still have what you need. I can still provide for you. Even though you want, you say you trust me, but you really don't. You still tell the lies because you're afraid. Right? And a lot of times we're afraid to lose us. We're afraid to lose us. Right? What you what you mean by we afraid to lose us, Pastor? You afraid to give your all to God because you think you giving you giving up something good. But once again, what you've been doing has not been working. It has not. It has not. You think, well, why I gotta do all of that to be happy? Right? But what you're doing, you're not happy. Right? Why well, I gotta do it? I gotta do all that. Why well, I just can't? So that that that's what it comes down to. You want to be God. You want to have stuff your way. But then now you upset or you blame God because you don't have what you want. You can't have it both ways. You can have it both ways. Give up your life now and live later, or you can live now and give up your life later. Right. And so he's afraid, he lies. The word says that after they had been there for some time, King Amalek looked down from the window when he saw Isaac and Rebecca making love. Amalek sent for Isaac and said, So she is your wife. Why did you say that she was your sister? He answered, I thought I would be killed if I said it. She was my wife. Right? So this man was so afraid that he was willing to sacrifice his wife. And if he sacrificed his wife, that means where did the descendants going to come from? So if he was willing to sacrifice his wife, that means he was willing to sacrifice the kids that were going to come from his wife. That means he was willing to sacrifice the promise, right? All because of fear, because he didn't want to trust God. So he was willing to sacrifice all of the things that God had for him because he was fearful. Because he was fearful. Right? Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to die. Right? But it go back to life, Daniel, whether I live or whether I die. I'm going to serve the Lord. He said, why did you lie with us? He said, you know, I thought I would be killed. So Elamite says, what have you done to us? Right? Mm-hmm. What have you done to us? And the reason, you got to understand why Elamite is saying that. Because 
Amalek was a new. Abraham lied to Amalek the same way. Right? So he knows what happens when you when you try to sleep with one of God's people. Amalek yeah. like, I even know not to mess with Jesus, like mess with God. Why? Why are you lying to us? What have you done to us? Yes, yes, yes. Right? He says, one of my men might have easily slept with your wife, and you would have been responsible for our guilt. So y'all gotta understand when we are fearful, when we lie, when, when like when we don't trust God, when we don't go to Him to be the source of all things, we put everything and everyone in our life at jeopardy. You might be thinking that's a whole lot of responsibility, but what you get for? Like what 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 are you on this earth for if you don't have a purpose? Like what's the pur- what's the purpose of you living if you're not responsible for anything? When God put Adam in the garden, he gave him a task. He gave him responsibility. So if you don't have any responsibility for how you live, then your life has no purpose or no meaning. So Amalek warned all the people, anyone who mistreats this man or his wife will be put to death. Isaac, so so the, the story goes on and it says that Isaac sold crops in that land and that year he harvested a hundred times as much as he had sown because the Lord blessed him. That's an example of God being a well of provision, right? God just giving him more than he sown. How many of y'all can say that God has blessed you with more than you deserve? Amen. In spite of all your wrongdoing, in spite of all your lies, in spite of all your pride and all your selfishness, right? He has blessed you, right? He has allowed you to reap a hundred times more than you saw. Amen. In spite, right? And this is after Abraham, this is after Isaac lied. After he made the same mistakes as his father. God still saw fit to bless him. Y'all be sitting right here thinking, God ain't never blessed me. You a liar. You are a liar. God has blessed you. He has. He has. Right? Thank you, Lord. He continued to prosper and became a very rich man because he had many herds of sheep and cattle and many servants. The Philistines were jealous of him. So they filled in all the wells which the servants of his father Abraham had dug while Abraham was alive. I need y'all to get this, right? He began to prosper so much that the people around him began to get jealous. So they filled in all of the wells that his father had dug. Right? So I need y'all to understand that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to fill in all of your wells. He does not want you to prosper. He don't want you to see God as provision. He don't want you to see God as salvation. He don't want you to see God as a way out. He don't want you to see God as, as, as trying to have an encounter with you. He don't want you to work with God. He don't want God to touch your heart. He want to feel. He want to feel in all of your wells because he knows that if you go into that well, you're gonna come out with something. He knows that if you dig into the well of God, you're gonna come out with something. So he want to fill it in because he don't want you to prosper. He don't want you to prosper. So they filled in all of his wells and said, leave our country. Leave our country. You have become more powerful than we are. So Isaac left, right? And he set up his camp in a valley. 
where he stayed for a long time. He dug once again the wells which had been dug during the time of Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham's death. So he moved, but then he started unplugging the wells, right? And so the reason that he started unplugging the wells is because he knew, right? Y'all got to think like we don't think like this because we can go into our and in to our kitchen, we can just turn on water, right? But back then, the well kept everything around that spot alive. Like I was reading about uh, uh, Aaliyah and, and and Rachel when Jacob saw when he saw Rachel at the well. Right, it was all of these shepherd men sitting around the well, but the well had a stone on it. And they were waiting until Rachel got there before they moved the stone. And this is not no little well. They say it took about seven men to move the stone off of the well off of the well. And the reason that they were waiting until everybody got there is because you didn't want the water to evaporate. Plus, you also had to wait on the person that owned it. So Laban on that well. So they were waiting on Rachel to get there. So as Rachel was approaching the well, Jacob, like, he knew, he was like, man, it's God, that he moved the stone by himself. He didn't even wait on the other six men to help him. He just knocked the stone off because he was trying to show off for Rachel. He was like, this is my moment. Right? That's a well moment. This is my moment. This is God meeting me. This is about to be my wife. The words say he fell in love at first sight. Right? He knew that this was his moment. So wells represent all of those things. Like when you are about to have a well moment in your life, that means God is trying to do something for you. And so Isaac say, okay, God, I'm pushing me off. But as he stayed there for a long time, and then he realized, like, man, I got to unplug these wells. I got to unplug these wells because these, these, these wells are... It, it's my way. It's, it's my way out. It's my way out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So he starts to unplug these wells. He started to dig these wells again. And he began to give them names that his father had given them. So the 19th verse says that Isaac's servants dug a well in the valley and found water. And the shepherds in that valley quarreled with Isaac. And the shepherd says, this water belongs to us. So Isaac named the well quarrel. Right? Fight, argument, strike. Isaac's servants dug another well. And there was a quarrel about that one also. So he named it enmity, which is hate. Right? Going somewhere with this. He moved away from there and he dug another well. And there was no dispute about this one. So he named it freedom. He said, now the Lord has given us freedom to live in the land. We will be prosperous here. And so I need y'all to know that when you start to unplug your well, there is going to be strife. You got, the Satan is not just going to allow you to unstop your well and not try to fight you. When you're trying to save something in your life and you're trying to dig into the well of God to get it, there is going to be strife, Right? And so you go and say, I need, I got to get it from somewhere. So you start digging it again. And when Satan sees that you are persistent, that strife now becomes hate. Like, he begins to hate what you're trying to do. He want to stop it at all costs. Like, I'm not going to let this happen. But he digs the third one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He digs the third one. And he names that one freedom. You got to keep digging. 
You got to keep digging until you get to your freedom well. He says, okay, now. All right, I can imagine if you in the hot sunlight, and I ain't talking about, y'all got to understand, this ain't no little hole. There is, there, there, is, there is no, I don't know what they call them on the construction site. There, there's no forklifts, no nothing that's big enough hole for you. I don't even see how they had a show. I don't know what they were digging these holes with. But these are not no little holes, right? And you got to dig below the surface to get to the water table. So this man is digging, right? And then and they said that they were stopped up, right? So they threw rocks down in this deep hole. So he did the first time. A lot of us would have been done on the first one. Yeah. We would have been trying. I ain't got time to dig this up. It's hot. Right? I ain't got time to dig this up. But he dug the first one. It was a core. He dug the second one. They started to hate. He dug the third, the third one. And he found freedom. He found freedom. He said, now the Lord has given us freedom to live in the land, and we will be prosperous here. So Isaac left, and he went to Beersheba. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I will bless you and give you many descendants because of my promises to my servant, Abraham. So I need y'all to catch this now. Going back in this story. Abraham, I mean, Isaac lied and God blessed him anyway. Right? Abraham, I mean, Isaac lied and God blessed him anyway. Right? But then things start to happen in his life where his well got plugged up. And it wasn't until he undug the well that God started to speak to him again. And I need y'all to understand that, that in your wrongdoing, God has still been blessing you. Right? In your wrongdoing, God has still been blessing you. But if you want to hear from God, it ain't nothing for God to give you a house or a car. It ain't nothing for him to do that. The miraculous thing is when he saved your soul, though, it's nothing for him to give you a good job. It's a whole bunch of wicked people out here with a whole bunch of money. So it's nothing for him to bless bless Isaac with cattle and sheep. But if you want to hear my voice, you got to unplug your well. Stop thinking you all right because you got stuff. You ain't all right because you got stuff. You you ain't going to be all right until you unplug your well. Right? It was not until he unplugged that well until God went back to speak to him and say, I'm, I'm, I'm the same God, right? Now I can hear from him again. I'm the same God. I'm your father's God. And just how I blessed him, I bless you. He brought the promises back to him. Right? He didn't get away from it. It seemed like he got away because he lied. But no, he didn't get away. God, God allowed the people to plug his wells. He allowed those Philistines to get in his way to quarrel with him. He allowed difficulty and strife to come into his life, even though he was blessed. That's why the, the Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? God don't care nothing about you having stuff. But can you hear from him? Can you hear from him for your family? Can you hear from him for your children? Can you hear from him for your promise? Your stuff don't mean nothing to him. Right? He said, I'm the God of your father. I will bless you and give you many descendants because of my promise to my servant Abraham. 
So Isaac built, built an altar there and he worshiped the Lord. And he set up camp there. And his servants dug another way. Right? And the word says that and we don't see no more strife. And the thing about that is, imagine if God, all that, and I just read to you, and I started out by reading to you all the things that that a well lives, right? But I can't list them all because I've already told you that God is an endless well. After you unplug them first ones, and you can hear from God again, then you can you have the ability to go out and dig more. Amen. And if you have the ability to go out and dig more, that's more encounters with them. That's more promises, right? That's more co-laboring with them. That's more provision. That's more supply. You just going around and you got all this everlasting abundant water, right? Now you can feed a whole neighborhood. You can feed a whole city. You can feed a whole state, a whole nation. Because all I do is dig wells. I go around and dig wells. And not just any old wells, but wells that have everlasting life. And so I close with John 4, the woman at the well. And I'm not going to read that to you because I have preached a long time already. But if you know the story, the thing that got me when Jesus asked her, you know, asked her, she's a Samaritan, and Jesus asked her for a drink. And she's like, which Jews and Samaritans don't have anything to do with each, do with each other. And Jesus like, lady, just give me something to drink. Like, I'm like, I can't get some. She said, you don't need this. She's number one. She said, this well is deep. She said, this well is deep, and you don't have nothing to get it with. Jesus like, I am the well. What you talking about deep? What you talking about deep? The well can't get any, can't get any deeper than me. And that's why I read to you John 4 and 14. He said, you know, you getting this well out, this water, right? But you're going to be thirsty again. You keep coming back here every day. He said, well, the water that I give, I'll put the well on the inside of you. Now you don't have to keep wandering from place to place. Digging. He said, I will be a well on the inside of you. And anytime you get thirsty, just reach in, reach in there. Reach into me and get everything that you need. Amen, amen. And that's the benefit of serving Jesus. Amen, amen. All these other folks, they're going from spot to spot. Yes, they're going from spot to spot. And everywhere they go to got rocks in it. Everywhere they go to, you went to that man, plug up. You can't get no everlasting word out of that. Right? You, you you go you go to drugs or you turn to sex. You can't get no everlasting life out of no water out of that. Everywhere that everywhere that people in the world go to is plugged up. But not Jesus. Always available. Never end the supply. Right? All of those things is what he is. All of those things. Right? The same water that he was giving, the same miracles that he was performing back then, is there. You you searching, you seeking for the Holy Ghost, is in the well of Jesus. in the well of Jesus. You searching for more power, it's in there. You want to meet with him, it's in there. You looking for salvation, it's in there. You looking for purpose, it's in there. It's in there. Don't let the world plug up your wells. Don't get discouraged when you come up against opposition. Keep digging until you get to your freedom way. Keep digging until you get to your freedom way. Right? 
Because just like the woman at the well, when you when you come when you come to a spot, when you come to a place in your life, and that's why I, I continue to say, right, what you've been doing hasn't been working. Taste to see that the Lord is good. The Samaritan woman just thought, like, Jesus, mate, what are you doing? This well is deep. You don't have nothing. On top of that, you know that our people don't fool with each other. And Jesus said, the woman, I mean, she said, woman, the water that I want to give you, right, you'll never thirst again. And so at that point, she gets excited and say, I want this water, right? I want this water. And Jesus, you know, then he tells her, he begins to tell her all about herself and all her husbands and all her stuff, right? And that's what happens when you go to the well of God. God begins to tell you about all your stuff. Stop looking at me. And that's why I say, don't be looking at other people in county. You might be saying, they passed up here crazy. Stop looking at, just go to the well. I don't have to know your stuff. I don't have to know your business. When you get to the well of God, he'll tell you all about your stuff. And he'll let you know, like, I don't, I don't have to convince you. I know too much about him. Y'all ain't going to persuade me otherwise. Y'all can sit out here dead and not pray him. I'm going to pray him. I know too much about him. Y'all not going to dissuade me. And I don't have to convince you. That's not my job. My job is to preach. You believe me or you don't. Amen. You believe me or you don't. Amen. I don't have to know your stuff. But I just encourage you, go to the well. Go to the well. He'll tell you about your stuff. He'll let you know that it's him. And that's what he did for her. And because of that, her whole family got saved. Right? And that's the benefit. When y'all when y'all show me the benefits of living in the world, <laughs> I probably still ain't going to believe you, but I just don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see the benefit. He's been too good to me. Right? I don't care what you come up with. I, I lost my grandmother this year. But the, you know, we talked a we talked a couple of Sundays ago about a type of peace that surpasses all understanding. So you yeah, you can so you can go down your list of all the bad things that have happened in your life. You can go down your list, but he's still good. But I don't know, maybe maybe you lost a baby brother or something. He ain't hit me. Babies go straight to heaven when they die like that. So now you can go down your list of bad things, but death don't have the final say. So it's like I don't see the benefits. I don't see the benefits of being angry. I don't see the benefits of being proud. I don't see the benefits of living in the world. There are none. Everything you need is in Jesus. Amen. Crazy if you don't walk up to it. Crazy if you don't walk up to it. 
Yeah. But see, that's the problem, right? Do you want? Do you want to be? He already told you you're not because you don't want to be.